It's Fresh Catch 2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Dave Ron. It's Fresh Catch 2.0, and my buddy David Dean is here with us, and he's uh, he's in a um, oh, what is it? an aviary right now? That's what I, I think. That's what it's called, where you, where birds are all over the place, and you are in a in a place like it's beautiful sound in mm-hmm. in the Tampa Bay area. Am I right? Oh, yeah, and I'm a bird man, and I've never ever heard the word aviary. So I, I learn a new word from you every podcast. I'll I'll take it. But yeah, this is this is the thing in Florida. If you own a pool, it has to be screened in because of mosquitoes, bugs, and middle school boys that like to get in there and pee. So you have to have the protection. So if you drive through just almost any any rural suburban neighborhood in Florida, in the backyard is a pool with a screen and a sign saying do not pee in our pool so and we are here with our son alex uh he works third shift as a uh police officer of the law or as inspector clouseau used to say i'm an officer of the law <laughs> i love clouseau of the, of the law <laughs> so when when alex leaves at five o'clock in the afternoon to do a 12-hour shift as he walks out the door, his mother and I stand there in the foyer, and we wave, and I say, I'm so proud that you're an officer of the law. <laughs> and he just stares. Yeah, right. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. It's, it's 70s humor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I can't. I'm going to start by just saying this, David. I, I can't think of. Any time, and we've done hundreds of Fresh Catch podcasts, I can't think of any time when I've felt more certain about the agenda we're going to talk about than I do this morning. And we haven't talked about, we have not queued it up. We've followed our, yeah. our typical things. But I'll just ask you right now. Okay. I'm nervous. Do you think you could say anything? That would make me slap you. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Why would I, in my heart of hearts, I knew. <laughs> Betsy says to me this morning, is this podcast day? I said, well, as a matter of fact, it is. And thank you for recognizing that. She said, what's the topic? And I said, you tell me. She says, no, I'm asking. And I said, I'm saying. You tell me. But I, said, I have a weird feeling. I know Dave well enough. I know we like to tackle current events, and this this was a big. Before I answer your question of what I would say before you would slap me, when's the last time you and your bride have watched the Oscars? Uh, hardly ever, all the way through. But we we kind of dance in and out, and sometimes we peek in at the at the very end while we watch maybe Twitter feed just to kind of know. So that's that's kind of we literally turned over and saw. Will Smith at the start of his acceptance speech. And so we did no, we had no context for we're going, wow, he is really moved here. Wonder what he's apologizing. I mean, this is me, David. He's about, he's apologizing to the Academy and there's me, Mr. Hopeful, Mr. Christian, Mr. Evangelist thinking he's apologizing because he's just about to say, I love Jesus and I don't care who knows. That's what I was thinking. I couldn't wait. 
Betsy and I watched the first five minutes because I'm a fan, even though she's super naughty, of Amy Schumer. She was one of the three co-hosts. They opened, did a phenomenal job. It was clean. It was relevant. It was cutting. There, there could have been a time or two where a star could have walked up and slapped one of the women. So okay. So, so who's the guy that who's the guy that does the insurance commercials? Uh, and he's he's in. Uh, he played he played Fred in the the new Lucy movie. So he was he was nominated for best supporting actor. He does the insurance commercials. Older guy. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that's the author of Harry. Oh, look, it is. Well, I thought it was that bald guy who's, uh, who... <laughs> you and I are so hip on Hollywood names. <laughs> no, I think it was C.S. Lewis. It was, um, setting this up. Thank you. And and uh, there's going to be an award for Dr. Dave, but prior to that, there's some jokes, some anecdotes, some uh, remember the time stories. And I glance down at Susie, and I make uh, some remark towards Susie, a, a joke. Yeah. Even though I know you and Susie, I have history. And half the crowd laughs, and half the crowd does one of those uh, which, by the way, that's the response I get at most of my shows. Half laugh and half. <laughs> How do you respond to me? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, among the things that, that uh, I think about doing, I don't think about getting out of the seat and walking up and slapping you. What I think about doing mostly is hanging my head. That's what I would imagine doing. I would hang my head, and um, I, I I would assume because you you pick up on social cues that all by itself you might feel a little bit of uh oh I'm I you know this was an injury you injured my wife, um and and you did it because 
you uh, you couldn't resist. In other words, there there was a this is your we've already talked about this for lots of times. For the comedian, there's just you know everything is possibility for humor, and nothing's you, off limits. Nothing yeah, sacred. nothing's off limits. Right? Yeah. And in this case, you couldn't resist, and I think maybe you cross the line. So my first move is to do this, and and then I might look sideways without letting you see anything, but but look at my wife and go, I'm sorry, you know, to her. I want her to know I'm I'm with her, but I don't think if you kept it up, if you kept it up, and there was a kind of a shame exchange of some sort, like. Um, I might I might try to defuse it for the crowd. This I'm, I'm going to play the crowd a little bit. So I might stand up, take my chair, turn it around so that I ignore you. Friendly protest. Friendly protest. Like oh, okay, let's 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 playfully get out of this. Okay. What do you think? Your your first scenario. Where you lean over to Susie, you look, you see that she's deflated, you put your arm around her, you and Susie say nothing, heads are down, and let's say I, hypothetically, I continue on a couple more jokes or I stop there and realize, hey, the crowd's not with me. Yeah. When that event is over, a month from now, after that event, you and Susie come out smelling like a rose. And I am the butt end of a donkey for the next 10 years in my gig. Yeah. Had Will Smith, all that to say, had Will Smith leaned over, like you said, arm around his wife, whispers in her ear, he doesn't know you have a disease. Let's just, it's not him, it's not us. I think Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, they come out like the king and queen of Hollywood. Wow. And Chris Rock is just an idiot. And I... When I watched that, the first thing I thought of was like, you and I both love sports. What happens in basketball when you've got an idiot down low throwing elbows? Yep. Nothing, nothing happens. But what happens? The guy that gets ticked off and is fed up with it and retaliates, he gets the technical foul. Yep. But the dingbat that instigated the last three plays underneath the bucket, he got nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. always the guy who retaliates that looks like an idiot. And Will Smith is going to take quite a bit, I think, to recover from this. And I read that afterwards he issued an apology, but he also went to a Vanity Fair post-ceremony party where they were dancing into the night. So I don't think there's any uh, any contrition. It doesn't appear. Yeah, it's the contrition that comes, and we've seen this in public arenas, of people being called out, like, "Okay, I'm sorry," because it's going to hurt my brand if I not if I don't do something here to apologize. And so I've got to say this. And I just saw that the uh, the Academy now, you know, where you know they they're whatever considering some sort of discipline. They talked about trying to have removed them. That I mean, that, all that adds to that storyline is a little bit like, yeah, um, I'm gonna. So I'm going to. I'm going to try to defend Will. I, you know, if we're going to role play, you got to be the comedian. I, I know okay. that. Yeah. So I'm going to try to defend Will. Okay. And um, the only defense I have is to say kind of what he tried to say in his emotional ways. Like, 
you know, love makes you do crazy Crazy things. things. Yeah, you're not going to, you don't always do the math right. You don't always weigh the consequences. It is a a rescue impulse. And, And I'm not even sure he was trying to, you know, rescue his his bride in any way as much as rescue you know he's he's already a bit in desperation about their the state of their marriage and there is that kind of public arena going on and so now you add more scrutiny to this and uh it is the uh it is what i uh, Matt Damon in, in some movie about we build a zoo or something like that is you know it's like seven seconds of of ridiculous courage that's what it takes mm-hmm. and so that's that's what he's going to do I am going to do something so over the top that you know I don't care if the rest of the world knows you know that I love you that's the only thing that I care about and I am going to do it and uh, I don't care what. Uh, how much I get vilified for it or scrutinized for it. Because what matters, Jada, is that you and I grow old together. And this is a moment where already our fragile marriage, I just, I just feel like I got, I got to do this. So all that said, I still don't, I still don't buy it. I don't think the words justify his action. It'd be different if you were at a, a middle school dance and a kid cut in on your girlfriend and began slow dancing with her, and then the guy slaps the, the yeah. bully. Uh, I just, I don't, uh, I read a great op-ed from, of all people, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's kind of become, I know, he kind of has evolved into our modern-day Black Buddha. And I say that with <laughs> all due respect, because right. he's, he literally and figuratively towers over people and just observes and writes. But... He's, he personifies peace and talk and let's work it out. And his words, not mine, his words were what Will Smith did. It perpetuated an awful image of the black man. Mm. Mm. That when something doesn't go your way, you get up out of your seat and you slap the guy. He says it also hurts the image of women, which he thought it felt to be ironic because the whole Oscars had this woman empowerment undertone. And what does he do? He gets up and slaps a guy talking about it. He says, strong women, strong women, they hear it, they process it, and they do battle in other ways. Not physically, not verbally, but he says it was a slap toward black men and black women. You're teaching a kid. You're teaching young black children. If somebody says something about your mom or your grandma or a family, or you go up and you hit them. Yeah. In front of 9 million people, you go hit. And he, he just, he had a great, it was a great article coming from a guy who's, who lived through the, the 60s and 70s of segregation. And, and man, it was, it was, it was very empowering. It was, it was great insight. You know, that's, boy. And and uh, kudos to him. I mean, he, I mean, not only is he he's a great he is a good thinker. I respect his words, but when you put it in the context of how he grew up and who he was, uh, 
Yeah. He was, and he was more than just a great basketball player. He was a mm-hmm. person, uh, I called a man of peace. Um, and, and you know, not unlike, um, not unlike what you hear about, for example, Jack, Jackie Robinson, you know, that right. you, you know, you gotta, you gotta be willing to take what you know is going to be idiot stuff over and over again. He's going to get it because he's the, the biggest and tallest guy in the, in the world in basketball and, and he's black. So there's going to be people who are, who are racist, who are throwing that stuff at him in that age on and on and on. And he's got to just, for life. and I, yeah, am, you're right. He came up, he came up with wooden at UCLA and, uh, uh, segregation was huge. They, they weren't crazy about, you know, black guys, uh, even then, playing playing pro ball, it was a mostly a predominantly white league. That old Red Auerbach mindset, and yeah, and he he broke all those barriers. So I think for his voice, his voice to say, you know, as a fellow black man, what you did, and I, you and I, and, I, and Roger Rizzo talked about this. We did some texting just hours after it happened, but and I don't I don't mean this in a frivolous, silly way. I am thankful. I I'm so grateful that this wasn't a a white black situation. I just don't know how America would respond because it would have the whole sensitivity thing would have been thrown through. Then it became a race issue, which it, it's not. It, it was an anger. It, it's not a race issue. It's an anger issue. But I think through the lens of America, we would have looked at it and said, if that was a white guy and a black guy, yeah, there's well, gonna be a city burnt down. I. Uh... You know, there is a lot of wisdom from different folks that I've known in uh, over the years in in ministry. And one of the guys is that I consider to be a Yoda is a name Marvin Jacobo. Marvin is out in Modesto, Colorado, uh, California. And uh, when when my son, Jason, was uh, a junior in college at Huntington and was uh, had to choose a seven month location to do his ministry internship because he could do his sports ministry. Uh, I was thinking about who would be a great mentor, who had that kind of wisdom that I would love to put in Jason's life. And so I, I suggested Marvin and, uh, and lo and behold, that's where Jason went for seven months. And um, he was put in a, in a, in a house in a Barrios neighborhood uh, with uh, a, a couple other uh, young staff, all of them Hispanic. Um, but I remember going on location as we moved Jason out there, and you know there was some homeless person in a in a neighboring lot living for a second in a tent or something. And Marvin, uh, in his own quiet uh, way, said, "We got we got to." We got to have him move. It's not going to work. Uh, and um, mm. and as he, as he was walking with Jason and I over there to 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 talk to this guy, he used the word respect a half a dozen times. Interesting. And it was interesting. It, it was almost like I t- I took away from that that the key and that Marvin was basically instructing Jason from from the jump. The key word is respect when you engage yeah. people here in the baby. Period. That is. That's the throwdown word in the neighborhood that Will Smith was formed by, and that in, in many ways it's like, no, no, you crossed the line. You disrespected me and my family, and you don't get to do that. And the only way to, to cha- challenge that 
is to disrespect you and throw it back at you. I'm, I'm not saying I think no, right. Kareem is right. Kareem is right. you got to get better than that. But in order to get better than that, you have to detach yourself from these little affronts that you uh, accelerate to disrespect. And this people get shot in the in neighborhoods all across the country because of yeah. that sort of disrespect. They literally they pull out a gun and go, you ain't going to disrespect me. I'll go to jail. I'll spend the rest of my life in jail so that the rest of the world knows you ain't disrespecting me. No, that, that's a great point. And uh, <clears throat> I've taken my set list and I've scratched out all all wife material. I don't want to be disrespected on stage as well. Or slapped. Or hit. Or, or made fun of. Wait. Did you? In the world. That's, I mean, that. Does that include St. Betsy? All of your personal wife material or not? No, I'll still go after her. Oh, okay. All right. Good. But, but you, you can whisper. When, when, I think other other comedians behind closed doors, we watch that moment and you think to yourself, the the window for being a comedian is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. You know, in in 30 years, we could be considered like the mimes of entertainment. (laughs) Uh, Right. Children's clowns, you know, birthday parties. Uh, Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's frightening, and you you start second guessing what you say. Uh, yeah, it, there's there's so much to unpack with this. But uh, speaking well, of our wives, I know time is short, but speaking, I want to end on a on a happy note with wives. Okay, okay, hang on, let, let me hear it. You know how when you and Susie go visit your kids, and you feel like the roles have reversed, where you're at their house, they're adults. They have a job. They have a community. You and Susie are at the house. You're in the spare room. You're the guest. Do you, you ever feel that way? Yes. Yes. So Alex has got this big home. He's here by himself. But when he goes off to work, he kind of gives us this list of here's what you do with the remote control. Here's how to work Netflix. Make sure at 2 o'clock you do this to the pool. At four o'clock, if you want to do this in the kitchen, fix that or do that. And a couple of things, Dad, if you wouldn't mind going around the little campfire area, pick up a couple of things. And but as he drives off, and Betsy and I stand there in the garage and wave goodbye, I've got one hand that's waving to him, and I've got one hand on Betsy's rear, patting. <laughs> And we're like we're like teenagers. Dad left. Let's go take our clothes off. Dad left. She'll kill me. She'll slap me right in the face when she hears this. I hope our listeners I hope our nine listeners are happily married adults right now. He didn't tell us what to do. We can swim anytime we want. 
get the food down here. He said, we can't eat the pool. That's bull crap. Hand me my cheeseburger. I'm in the pool. I ain't cleaning up the sticks around the house. He ain't making me do that. Uh-uh. I, okay, so so sometimes <clears throat> sometimes my job on the podcast is to try to co- connect all the dots, right? <laughs> What's what is it that we're all the things that we've talked about? Is there a way to is there a thread that connects them all? And I think there is on this one. And it is about <clears throat> it's about uh the constraints, the shackles that we sometimes feel. Sometimes they're laid on us by others. Don't do this. Don't do this. Even your your language about confining, you know, the comedians being restricted now, yeah. narrow, 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 and and you chafe at that because man, I and I, but here you, you now you shift gears. Now you're talking about being sort of confined by the rules of your of your son, which frankly. He said it. You ain't doing it. You ain't doing it. You're going to celebrate freedom wherever you can. We're wired to be that way. That's what I love about a comedian who says nothing's off limits. In part, it's partly because all of us get to go, oh, he shouldn't have gone there. But he went there. He did. He went there. Do you, do you want me to be the one to give you a podcast bow on this episode? Sure. Yeah. Would you do that? What do you mean? A slap, a slap to your wife's face is very, very offensive. A tiny love slap on the booty—that's an invitation. That was really good. We are Fresh Catch 2.0, and we will try to do better next time around.